The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away and the wolf catches and scatters them. This is because he works for pay and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know mine and mine know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have power to lay it down and power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, today we celebrate Good Shepherd Sunday. And And our Lord speaks about how he is the good shepherd and a good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep and and he's not like a hired man who has no concern for the flock. The hired man who has no concern for the flock when something happens that's frightening or fearful, the hired man runs away and the flock is scattered. And as I was, I was reflecting on our Lord as the Good Shepherd, and, and the Good Shepherd is also the one who leaves the 99 to go after the one who gets lost. And, and I was thinking about times I got lost. And one particular time when I missed the bus to hell. Which is a true story. So, so I grew up in a little town called Pinckney. It's a small town in Michigan. And, uh, and we went to an elementary school where there were several small, small towns that fed into the school. And, and, and when I went to this school, you met people from other places. So it was like Pinckney was my town and Gregory was another town. And there's another town like three miles down the road from me that's name is Hell. And so they had like a bar called the Dam Side Inn. And they had a party store called the Devil's Den. And they had a post office just so you could mail your taxes and have them postmarked from Hell. And, and so, so when I went to elementary school, I met all these kids, and, and there were certain kids that lived in hell, and, and I remember trying to figure all this out, and, 
and I was maybe kind of a weird kid, and I, and I thought, like, those people just look like they live in hell. And, and so a couple years later, I was in Cub Scouts, and I met this great kid, and he was a friend, and he was a little bit older than me, and he invited me to come to his house after school one day, and, uh, and so, so I, you know, it was my first time doing this, and, and we always had like 20 school buses, and you had to get on the bus with the right number, and I, so I had my note from my mom that said, like, Sean has permission to ride bus seven to Eric's house, and, you know, I'm all, like, set to do this, and... And so I go out to the buses, and I'm looking at the buses, and, and then I see this group of kids, and I'm like, they just look like they live in hell, and that's where I'm going. So I go get on this other bus, which was the wrong bus. And I'm sitting there, and everybody's sort of trying to tell me I'm on the wrong bus, but I'm convinced I'm on the bus that's going to hell because all these people look like they live in hell. And, uh, and then I realize, like, I'm on the wrong bus. And I had to ride the whole bus route and like go home. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't go to my friend's house and he never invited me over again. And so, so I was thinking about this and, and it's really vivid in my mind. Like I remember it was bus seven that went to Eric's house and like I got on bus 42 or something. And, and as a kid, like, I just did this kind of innocently, and it was sort of weird how I, like, made this association. And... But then I was thinking about, like, how often in our own lives do we look at a group of people and we're like, they just look like they're going to hell. And as adults, when we do that, it's really our pride that does that. And, and our pride leads us to get lost. You know, our pride can lead us to get lost. And we live in a time where I think we can objectively say, and lots of people directly say, that we have weak shepherds. Or we can feel like we don't have good shepherds, or we can feel like we have shepherds who are distant, or, or maybe they're not paying attention. And in that environment, it's easy for us to let our pride kick in and get lost. You know, how does a sheep get lost? A sheep gets lost because maybe the shepherd falls asleep and he doesn't notice. Maybe the shepherd is distracted with other things and they don't notice. Maybe the shepherd is filled with fear. And they become more concerned with protecting themselves than protecting their flock. These are how like sheep wander off. And sometimes we wander off innocently because like we think this is the right thing. But whenever we're operating without reference to a shepherd, we have a tendency to get lost. And Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus is the one that continues to run after us and to come to find us when we're lost. When I was in the Holy Land, before I came back from Rome, there was this tour group that I was with. And, uh, and at the end of the trip, they bought me a wood carving of Jesus the good shepherd. 
and then it shows Jesus carrying the sheep on his shoulders. And our tour guide, the priest who was leading us, Father Peter, he, he told this story of, of that image and how when, when sheep get lost, what a shepherd might do is go find the sheep and then he breaks the sheep's legs so the sheep can't wander off anymore. But then he carries the sheep on his shoulders and, and as he carries the sheep on his shoulders, the sheep bonds with the shepherd. And the sheep comes to know the shepherd's voice, and the sheep knows the shepherd as the one who cares for him. And as his legs heal, he never wanders off again because the shepherd is the one who carried him on his shoulders. And as I consider the times that we live in, whether we look at the times sort of globally or nationally or locally, like are these times when our Lord is allowing our legs to be broken? So that he can come and pick us up and put us on his shoulders and carry us. So that we can come to know that he is the true good shepherd, that he is the one. That we find our unity because we're united with him. And no matter what else is going on in the world or in the church or with leaders, we have the one shepherd. And in the midst of times of confusion or times of being scattered, we, we don't give in to our pride thinking that we know the way, but rather we constantly look for what our Lord is doing. That we constantly look for our Lord. And when we find ourselves to be lost, we see that as an invitation to humility and an invitation that says, okay, I need him. You know, I know in my own life and in those times when, when I sort of get overwhelmed with self-pity or whatever it is, like nobody's here to help me, I gotta do everything on my own, and, and God gave me all these natural talents, and so I, I need to use my natural talents, and as soon as I start to do that, I forget that he's the good shepherd. And our Lord's very merciful in my life, and he allows my legs to be broken. And eventually I find myself in this place where I'm just like, ugh, I'm miserable. And like, I liked my life better when I was surrendered to God and I need to go back to him again. And every single time that I find myself on his shoulders, I grow closer to him. And I grow in that sense that everything is going to be okay because he is the one that lays down his life for me. That he's the one that gives me everything that I don't receive from the people around me. That he's the one that heals every part of my heart that needs healing. 
And in the times that we live in, we need holy people in the church. Like, like yes, we need holy bishops, and we need a holy pope, and we need a holy pastors. But we also, we need holy people. Because the, the, the one thing that helps us to endure when shepherds are falling asleep, or they're weak, or they're afraid, or they're not paying attention, the thing that holds the church together is our Lord. And as the flock is surrendered to him, then the church becomes what it's supposed to be, which is a light that shines in the darkness and Like a beacon that shines in a port to guide those who are lost back home. And so each and every one of us can ask ourselves that kind of a question like, am I surrendered to our Lord or am I kind of wandering off in my pride? And what is it that our Lord is calling me to? How is our Lord calling me to greater surrender of my heart? What does our Lord want to heal in me? Is it time for me to acknowledge that he's breaking my legs right now so that he can carry me? And just give him permission to carry you so that you come to know him and you come to know his heart. And we learn from him how to shepherd others in our families how to shepherd others in our workplaces, how to shepherd others within our parish. The church needs holy people. And each and every one of us need Christ, the good shepherd, who's willing to lay down his life for us. And desires for us to hear his voice and follow him. So that no fear or confusion or division will enter into our hearts or our families or our parish in order to obfuscate or get in the way of the truth and beauty and goodness that our Lord came into the world to reveal. And so today, brothers and sisters, let us pray that, that our hearts remain fixed on our Lord, that we listen for his voice, that as we allow him to pick us up and put us on his shoulders, we grow in union with his heart, and that it's his love that moves us in every thought and every word and every work of our lives.